Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Dad Teaches Me About Wine, the podcast that teaches you as much as you've been pretending to know about wine. I'm Madeline Quigley. I'm Matt Quigley. And this is another episode. Uh, Welcome back, everyone. Basically, last uh, week we took a small... So if you can remember, two episodes ago, we um, started doing a... Tour of France. Tour de France. um, And we paused it so that we could talk about Dad's sommelier class. But now we're back on track, aren't we, Dad? Yes. So, what we did the Loire Valley first. Correct. And now we are back, and where are we? We're heading due east to the German border, uh, just to the east of the Vosges Mountains. And before we get to the Black Forest, and that is Alsace. So we're like, we're um, not that north, we're like... No, we're not that far north, but we're on the um, eastern border of France and Germany. So everyone should just look up Alsace. I thought it was Alsace. It's either one. Okay. Uh, everyone should just look it up, maybe. A quick quick search on your phone just to get a idea about where we are. So what do we have in front of us? What's this wine? We've had this here before. Uh, I don't know if we've had... We've had Trimbach before. I don't know if we've had the Riesling. This is a Trimbach Riesling 2013. And um, Trimbach is the producer. Right. I recognize the bottle. Trimbach is one of the very famous producers producers of uh, Alsatian wines. Okay. So this is a big producer in Alsace. Light. Yes. So this is um, a little acidic. There's a little bit, but not not a whole lot. I'm looking for the percent alcohol, 13 percent alcohol. So what that tells you is that the um, they're able to fully ripen the grapes uh, in terms of the uh, the alcohol level because. Um, the less sun you have, the less you can ripen grapes. But Al- Al- Alsa- <laughs> Alsace gets, I think, the um, only second to the um, uh, to the Riviera as far as number of sunny days. Oh, so it gets a lot of sun there, right? Because of the effect of the Vosges Mountains. So aren't Rieslings? Riesling is a grape you don't need a lot of sun. Well, it's. It's a grape that can be grown with very little sun, but it's one of the staple uh, varietals that is that are used in uh, in Alsace, uh, along with Gewürztraminer, uh, Pinot, what is called Pinot Gris there, and across the border in Italy it becomes Pinot Grigio, and then the Pinot Blanc grape and the Muscat. Okay. Grape. There's a whole bunch of grapes. I just, I feel like this bottle is kind of like warping everything I thought I knew about French wine because it has a varietal right there on it. That's because Alsace is a very unique region. Okay. First of all. So I'm right that that's weird. Correct. 
First of all, it has changed hands between the French and the Germans probably 20 times in the last couple of centuries. Uh, before World War II, it was German. And then after World War II, it became French again. But of course, before World War I, it was French. Okay. So it's moved around a lot because mm-hmm. it's right on the border and it's also a flat land until you get to the mountains. So it's easy to uh, overrun with your tanks and weapons. Got it. <clears throat> uh, the other unique aspect of it is, as you say, that instead of the typical French name the wine by the place, right? they actually use varietals instead. Okay, so can you give me a, a how big Alsace is? Uh, I can't give it to you in square miles, but it, it is relatively small. It's a very narrow uh, corridor, uh, probably running maybe 20 miles wide and a couple hundred miles long. How else? Colmar would be the city in the middle. Oh, it right. looks so cute. It is an Strasbourg. Oh, these look no, so pretty. Strasbourg pre- is not part of Alsace, but that's... But Colmar. Oh my gosh, it looks so pretty. Yes, your mom and I took a trip there many, many years ago, and it is it is heartbreakingly cute. It does look beautiful. a smidge German, though, I will oh, admit. It is very German. Yeah, it doesn't look... Right. Oh gosh, it's so pretty. Um, um yeah, it's pretty big though. It's not like I, I thought this was like it's not just like a couple miles. It's like no, no, a no, huge no. chunk it's not of a that. Posted stamp, but it runs yeah, yeah, yeah. probably about twenty miles across and maybe a couple hundred miles. Yeah, north south. south. Yeah, it's like a rectangle. Um and it's bordering on Switzerland a little bit there. Okay, right. cool. So this region, instead of just the bottle saying Alsace, figure it out. It has um, the name of the producer and the varietal. So this, to me, reminds me more of like a U.S. situation. To a certain extent, yes. And there are very little uh, designations in terms of where the grapes are grown from within Alsace. There are actually... Wait, what do you mean by that? Well, in the United States, you would have like... It's California, but it's Napa Valley and it's Rutherford... And maybe it's a such and such a vineyard. Okay. So you have a lot of specificity in terms of the geographic unit from which the, the wine derives. Yes. In Alsace, it doesn't quite work that way, except they do have, I think it's something like 53 Grand Cru vineyards, uh, which are sometimes placed on the bottle. It'll sometimes say Grand Cru. But... The, here, the designation of Grand Cru isn't so much that everyone's agreed that this is like the best place to grow wine. It's more that it is a named place that everyone recognizes as this is the boundaries of the um, Chateau de whatever. So it's more a geographic uh, name place. So would you put just that on the bottle? Would they put just Chateau? De, are there like mini, what is no. it, AOC? It is a, Alsace is the AOC. But there's not like little ones within Correct. it. So, right. but what's the, okay. All right. So within it, uh, what you were talking about, the types of grapes that they grow there. 
Right, and that's what really defines the um, the area. It is primarily a white uh, grape area because of the type of varietals that I just mentioned. There is a tiny amount of Pinot Noir that is made there, but it's almost all white grapes. So Riesling would be the largest uh, under cultivation. Really? Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Uh, probably followed by Gewürztraminer. Uh, now, Gewürz is a is a very interesting wine. It is um, uh, very fragrant, floral. Um, when you learn about wine tasting, it's one of the three floral uh, varietals that you um, you look for. Okay. And it is um, a wonderful accompaniment to Southeast Asian food because it has a lot of acid. And in order to fight off the chili peppers, you need an acidic wine. Yeah, I just asked uh, my dad last night, I'm going to a Thai restaurant for Valentine's Day. And I said, what sort of wine should we bring? It's BYOB. And he said, Gewürz. Well, Gewürz. Among other things, Riesling and uh, Vouvray. Yeah, so if anyone is trying to figure out what wine to bring to a Thai restaurant, there you go. Or any spicy food, I guess, really. Right. So you want to match spice with acid. And the most acidic wines are cold region whites. Good to know. So would you say Alsace is a cold region then? You said uh, it's, it's really inter- sunny. It, yeah, it's it's sunny, but it's not warm. Okay. So... Uh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, if it's they, they high elevation enough, or... They have enough sun to ripen the grapes. And we can see that by the fact they can generate 13% alcohol. Right, right. So that uh, that indicates that they have gotten a fair amount of sun, but if you actually look at temperature days, it's not all that, it's not all that hot. It's not like Napa. Okay, so what are some standouts from the region, and would it be under then producers? Would you know yes. specific producers? Yes, it's almost all under. Uh, you almost always want to look for a, a producer name. So just to keep things simple, Trimbach. Is a is a star, and another one is uh, very German sounding, Zind Umbringt. Okay, yeah. Um, can you give me a price range on those? What what are we working with? These are uh, tend to be amazing values. These, okay, these that's what be, I thought. These tend to be wines that run in the twenty to thirty dollar range. And. Okay, so... And they're very easy to identify. You know why? The bottle's shaped weird. Lee. That is correct. It is a long, <laughs> fluted bottle. <laughs> Not how you would have said it, but I am correct. <laughs> um, by law, any wine out of Alsace Al- oh, really? has to come in a why? bottle that looks that way. It's just the way they do it. I think it. it's pretty smart, because it really stands out then. Yeah, the only problem is... Fitting it in the usual shipping containers because they're really skinny and tall. (laughs) Yeah, I'll post a photo of this bottle on our Instagram page, which you should be following at Dad Teaches Me About Wine. Uh, But yeah, this bottle looks, I mean, really tall and thin. It's really smooth. It doesn't have like the giant curve that most bottles do at the neck. It just has no neck. It just goes. Goes on forever. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's important, since we brought up the fact that this is uh, identified by varietals, uh, 
that um, the, the people get comfortable with the different varietals that are produced there. So, as I said, the, the Riesling is the most common, and Riesling is probably one of the most under, um, underrated wines when it comes to the general public. I will tell you among uh, Psalms, every Psalm loves Riesling. Really? Yeah, because it it's goes cheap. with everything. Uh, it's a very interesting wine. Um, I it, think Riesling does get a bad rep. Yes, it gets a bad rep. Um, so I already mentioned the Gewürztraminer, which uh, is a bit of a uh, a taste that you have to develop. But once you do, really? it's a wonderful wine. It's a very spicy, very distinctive. Is it slightly bubbly? No. There's what no am bubbles. I thinking of? I have no idea. Gewürz. Did you give me a bottle of Gewürz once that had like music notes on it? It's Austrian as well. Do they grow it in Austria? Probably not. That was probably a Gruner Wertliner. Yeah, that's what it was. What's the difference there? Very different grapes. Really? <laughs> is, totally is different. Is Gruner Wertliner slightly fizzy? Gruner Wertliner can occasionally be okay. a little bit of fizzy because uh, they don't. They usually don't do what's called malolactic. Uh, and sometimes it'll undergo malolactic in the bottle, which will produce a little bit of carbon dioxide. Okay, so we don't have to go into that, but I got Gewürz and Gruner Verline. So Gruner Verliner, just to to be clear, is a grape variety that does not come out of Alsace, but is very big in Austria. It's, it's the yeah. major wine from Austria. That's why I asked if they grew, uh, gosh, now I'm blanking on the other one. Gruner. No. Um, Gewürz. Gewürz in Austria. No. Because <laughs> I was thinking of this specific bottle you gave you you served me one time uh, with the music notes on the label. Well, everything in Austria is stamped with Mozart's face and a little bit of a... He wasn't even born there. <laughs> wasn't he born in Germany? That's what's crazy. Uh, I, I don't pretend to be a Mozart expert. The I think the thing that they say is that... Um, Mozart was born in Germany and Hitler was born in Austria, but we don't need to get into it. So the rest of the variety. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's make, let's make it a Hitler podcast. Yeah. Jeez. So a couple of other grapes. Uh, another really um, easy drinking wine is Pinot Gris, which, as I explained, is the same grape that um, is grown in Italy under Pinot Grigio. I thought you don't like Pinot Grigio. Well, I'm not a big fan of Italian Pinot Grigio, um, uh, but uh, the Alsatian varieties of the same Pinot Gris, Pinot Gris are, uh, I think they have a little more finesse. The, unfortunately, the Italian Pinot Grigios tend to be almost industrial in scale, you know. Do they grow Pinot Grigio in the U.S.? Oh, I'm sure somewhere in California, someone is growing some Pinot Grigio. Okay, I think that's actually a really good thing to point out then, because Pinot Grigio is a grape you see all the time. People always, oh, what do you, what's on your wine list? Oh, we have a Pinot Grigio. We have a so Pinot Grigio is typically just an Italian wine, though. If you pronounce if you pronounce it Pinot Grigio, it implies that it's from Italy. Would you call it Pinot Gris in America? 
Or you, you could you could call it whatever you want in America because there is no established Pino Grigio. There is no established way of uh, referring to it. Okay, sorry. Um, so the Pinot Gris in Alsace, your thumbs up. Yes, definitely worth a try. It is an ABC wine. Anything but Chardonnay. Yeah. Uh, and then the other last white wine is uh, Pinot Blanc, which is a very light uh, wine, um, almost water color in the glass, usually low alcohol. Um, it's a good poolside quaffing wine. It's not anything very... Uh, profound so what are those the only grapes in alsace i think not oh no there's more yeah there's how a lot and you, and there's more and uh there is uh muscat uh which is often used for sweet wines Ugh, so there are sweet wines that are made out of uh alsace uh as well as i said small amounts of red varietals typically um uh, uh, typically Pinot, uh, Pinot, Pinot Noir. Is Muscat the same as Moscato? Uh, it is from the same grape. Okay. But Muscadet is different. Correct. Okay. Muscadet is out in the Loire. Is in Loire by the, the coast. the western coast from the Melon grape. Melon. I like saying that. Um, yeah. But Muscadet and Muscat. Sorry, yeah, Moscato. Yeah, Moscato is from a Muscat grape. Tends to be a sweet wine. And obviously Muscat from the uh, from Alsace is a sweet wine. It's so weird because one time when I was traveling, someone sold me some Mus- uh, Moscato grapes. I don't know if they have a separate, like, commercial... Ver- to eat? To eat. They, oh. look, they were like the size of golf balls. I don't know if they were just telling me that to get me to buy them. Because they were like, ugh, young white girl, I bet she'll buy these Moscato grapes, like... Sort of. I've never seen the grapes uh, prior to them using making them into. I mean, I just doubt that's what wine grapes look like. They're the size of golf balls. Uh, Who knows? Well, you're right. Who knows? (laughs) Um, Is Muscato? It's the Muscat grape, though. Yes. Okay. Anyways, I don't know why I'm talking about this so much for a wine I don't even like. Yeah, we're in Piedmont, I believe. Yeah. Okay, so that's another grape. So what? I mean, is it the same sort of thing where you just got to start knowing producers or if any Riesling from Alsace is going to be decent? Oh, to a certain extent, it helps uh, to know the, the better producer producers, um, you know, like as I mentioned before. But th- these wines tend to be reasonably inexpensive, so it's not like you're, it's going to set you back to try a couple of uh, different, you know, different wines. Uh, from producers you may not have heard of. Okay. So that, yeah, no, they do sound pretty affordable. Um, Yeah, what, who would you suggest, like, if you're a fan of such and such, maybe start checking out some wines from this area. If you're a fan of, like, U.S. Rieslings or... um, Well, certainly, if you like Finger Lake Rieslings or whatever, it's good to taste sort of the benchmark really uh, Riesling yeah certainly Rieslings from this area and Germany 
are considered the best in the world. Okay. Um, the Gewürztraminer from Alsace is far and away the, the, the most iconic uh, expression of the grape anywhere. Um, you know, the, uh, a Trimbach Gewürz is, is glorious. Okay. What, yeah, so what do you look for? Like, when do you reach for a wine for, from Alsace? <laughs> uh, is I, it your favorite region? It doesn't seem like it. Well, the, the grapes themselves don't lend themselves to profundity. They are more uh, wines that are best appreciated with a meal. They're, they really are excellent um, wines to accompany a meal, uh, you know, a first course, uh, a salad. Um, you, you always think in terms of the, the foods that are, that are um, made in the area. Really? So like uh, light pork dishes and things like that. Um, these wines would be a good accompaniment. This area just seems kind of chill. <laughs> Meaning what? I don't know. I just, I don't know. You don't, you don't seem that excited about this area. Well, it's a kind of a standby area. It's, it's really? A, it's a good place for very solid wines. Um, and as I, it's, as I said, it's hard to get really excited about white wines. Um, but these are, these are real, uh, iconic wines in terms of what they are. Okay. You know, as far as the, uh, Riesling or the... What do you mean it's hard to get excited about white wines? Like what is your favorite white wine of all time? A Chardonnay, an old Chardonnay. Well, I'm certainly not alone that, uh... That a uh, typically a white Burgundy, which would be a Chardonnay, uh, would be, you know, the top of the list as far as white wines. Um, your your mother and I had a, uh, you know, at the dinner that your brother, you and your brother gave us, I, I brought a, a bottle of uh, Batard Montrachet which was uh, 27 years old. Wasn't it good? And it was wonderful. Um, uh, These type of wines, uh, now that's a Grand Cru uh, wine from uh, the Cote de Bonne, and um, these wines can last a very long time and become very, um, very profound. Oh, great. So any closing notes on Alsace? Well, I, I think for the people who are listening to this podcast, the area is probably completely new to them. And what I would say to you is go to the wine store, look for these funky, tall, skinny bottles, and um, try a couple because I, I, think, um, I think you will not be disappointed. Yeah, what? So if you're um, maybe doing a nice dinner, a nice pork loin dinner, or maybe some spicy food. Exactly. 
get a bottle of this and see how you like it. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Even somewhat in my price range, so that's always good. True. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Well, I think that that will about do it for this week. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Dad Teaches Me About Wine. Truly, guys, please, we haven't had a review in a couple weeks, and I'm just going to go out and say... I'm going to just go out and say, come on, let's do it. Let's just take the minute. It takes a minute to just go on, give us five stars, leave us a couple of kind words. You're going to get a shout out on the podcast if you do it. But um, it just, we haven't gotten one in a while. But thank you to everyone who's who's written a review so far. But yeah, we'd really appreciate it if you could go ahead and write us a review um, on iTunes, please. Thanks so much. Otherwise, you can send your comments, questions, and even corrections to dadteachesmeaboutwine at gmail.com. And other than that, I forget what I was supposed to say. Oh, Instagram. Uh, At dadteachesmeaboutwine on Instagram. Yeah, that's that. Any last words, Dad? Cheers. Cheers.